0: Hello friends and welcome to your Monday, Kings of Anglia, Ipswich Town podcast. Friends, we brought you a pod every single day last week. I hope you enjoyed them. There was a a groundswell of emotion, a real feeling of a big game occasion going to Saturday. The atmosphere was spectacular, but unfortunately, friends, I can't bring you news. Ipswich Town got the result we all wanted because the weight goes on. 2-2, a frustrating end to what was a brilliant day at Portman Road. And all of the Kings are here this morning to break it down for you. I felt really flat at the end of the game. But today's vibe on the pod is going to be positive vibes only, friend. Because let us not forget there's a lot, as Kieran McKenna touched on post-game, to be positive about on the blue side of this divide. And we're going to enjoy that and celebrate that today while also looking back at the day, uh, breaking down the game and discussing everything that happened post-game. So I'm Mark Heath. I'm your host, not quite as chipper, as normal i'm joined by Stuart watson alex jones and the boy rossi Stuart, i'm going to start with you you're saying you're feeling a bit under the weather i assume that's is that the adrenaline dump from last week and and saturday
1: maybe have you ever had heartburn that's so bad but like you feel like you're in a world of a world of trouble i had that last night i struggled with it from time to time it was uh, not fun
0: You're not going to have a heart attack live on air, right, Stu? I hope not. That would really put a dampener on on things before Christmas. We can't afford to lose you, mate. So, uh, yeah. I'm all Uh, right. Yeah, I'm okay. Do you take anything for heartburn? What can Uh, you take? Is it Gaviscon? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Gaviscon, all that stuff, yeah.
0: It's not a pleasant thing, though, is it, Stu? It's not. No. It's not good at all. Anyway, um, let's speak to Rossi, who I'm going to say is... um, Spending time with Rossi around a Ipswich Town game is a bit like wandering around with a celebrity because people just randomly shout Rosco at him. Um it's great. And Rossi, you you, you demonstrate how far you come, I thought, with us on Saturday, because we all walked down to go and watch the, the, the bus um welcome. There was a lot of obviously fan smoke, flares, and uh, me and AJ we stood kind of in the road, but kind of in a reserved manner. Rossi, however, just Billy. Really, <laughs> Billy strutted it down the road, didn't he? He wasn't waiting around for anyone. Get right in the thick of it, mate. Oh, I'm wearing a photographer's jacket. This this face opens doors. I'm access all areas. Uh, Ross, I thought that was brilliant.
2: Yeah, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. So I did it, to be, to be fair. <laughs> well,
0: it is, mate. But back in yeah. the day, you were so timid. You, you yeah. would have probably just stood behind the barriers and... Um, kind of almost apologize for filming it. <laughs>
2: just say a politely go, yeah, can I just film this? I know like a hundred other people were filming it. But can I film it? Yeah, I have come a long way. And uh yeah, I'll shout out to those guys who um shouted my name. I'll give you a give you a tenner later. But, there were uh, lots of them
0: mate. Roscoe, Rossi. All that uh, sort of stuff. It's good. Uh and then obviously the youngest member of the team, the the most um uh, recent in terms of joining, got to experience your first East Anglia Derby from the coverage side of things, AJ. How are you on this um Fine, I suppose, Monday morning. Fine, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that, like, probably the
3: rest of us, I don't know if we all kind of went through this, maybe it's like the, the stages of grief. Saturday <laughs> was quite rough. You get back, um, get home, and i kind of like, oh, well, that, was, that was a bit crap, wasn't it? Um, and then Sunday, I think, was a period of reflection and realising that, well, in the theme of the podcast, it, it wasn't actually, you know, it's not the end of the world at all. Mm. Looking at the games ahead, looking at the performance, looking at all the positives. Um, my main thing was stay off Twitter. I think, to be perfectly honest, because that, that every time we log on, that's just gets worse and worse and worse. Um, from seeing Norwich fans, from seeing you know negativity, block it all out. And uh, I'm glad that we're focusing on the positives today.
0: Indeed, right, then, friends. So what we're we going to do today, we're going to split it in three parts: pre-game, the game. And post game, and with that in mind, then, should we kick off with the pre-game? Because clearly, um, wandering down Portman Road to go to the the, uh, the media area on Saturday was fantastic. The amount of people are out and about. I was there, I think, about ten fifteen. AJ, you'd been there since about half nine. You were very excited, um, but clearly yeah. there was a sense that an atmosphere was properly building. Smoke already, um, wisping around in the air, uh, and then obviously the big the big bus welcome. I thought a sign, friends. Of the kind of occasion that it was, was having picked up my press credentials and making the short journey up to the press room. I walked past kind of four or five genuine legends um, who were just kind of there, and, and that all added to the, the kind of big game feel. I thought there was there was uh, obviously Terry Butcher I wandered by, Matt Holland was there, uh, Simon Milton, Russell Osman, uh, Marcus Stewart was there. Uh, just kind of casually walking by these 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 really big names of, of Ipswich Town, past I thought really added to the occasion uh, and then stewie i'm going to start with you because um you pretty much walked head first into one of the most famous men on the planet pre-game which is a slightly surreal experience um we we're walking out to go up to the up to the uh, the press box in the stands and as we left the kind of media room area there was a certain ginger pop prince walking down the stairs towards us being escorted by a very excited marcus nash i will say um from the Ipswich Town media team. Uh, and you had you I think you were talking to someone behind you, weren't you? So you hadn't clocked what was going on and you essentially just touched that up.
1: <laughs> I don't know if there was any physical contact per se, but it was one of those where you 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 know when you go to push a door open and it mm. and it opens from the other side at the same time and you you stumble forward into the gap and that's essentially what happened. I stumbled straight headfirst into into Mr Sheeran and there was a couple of awkward sort of Apologies, grins exchanged, and uh, off he went, surrounded by his
0: people. Quite a surreal moment. I thought that, Uh, and again, another feeling of, of, I guess, the momentum around Ipswich Town and and generally the the size of the game. In that, one of the most successful pop stars on the planet is just wandering around pre-game. I did also note, boys, I instinctively said hello to him because he's one of those people you kind of feel like you know, and he kind of looked a little bemused at that. He was also wearing; he's obviously got an Ipswich Town, a special Ipswich Town shear and jacket hanging up somewhere. Portman Road, I was in his box because he was wearing a big blue puffer jacket when we saw him later on when he was on telly celebrating the equalizer. He had his own Itchwich Town branded jacket, Rossi. Did you? Did you? Because I don't think you were with us at the time. Did you, so? Did you, did you see Ed? No, no,
2: I just saw him in the in his box thing, came, mm. Took a few snappy snaps as you do. Um, so
0: yeah, that's it. Excellent. Shall we get on to the bus welcome then? Um, because that was uh. That was one of the, obviously, the big kind of set pieces before the game. And we all wandered down to experience it. Rossi, I think you've got some some video, haven't you, from the from the occasion? It was obviously a pretty spectacular scene. It was like something out of a big Brazilian football match. Look at this, Rossi. So you were right in amongst it. What was it like for you? Were you choking on the smoke?
2: Do you know what? It wasn't that bad. I didn't get hit by a flare this time. So as a result. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just unbelievable. I did feel like there's a yeah good old he's giving game it give day. At large yeah he is love that, um, but just uh unbelievable scenes And here's the coach, of course, if you're watching on and um, if you're listening, make sure subscribe and see the video because you can see yeah. this, obviously, it's on game day as well. check on game day at youtube, but um, but yeah, that was just unreal, guys, just ah oh, unbelievable,
0: yeah it was it was quite the sight, wasn't it? it was really nice as well, from where we were standing, um. AJ, we had a, a certain Mr. Mark Ashton just wander by us mm. um, and kind of stand in the middle of it. Uh, he did mm. actually start singing, didn't he, to begin with? And just as so I was fumbling for my phone to try and get him singing, he stopped. Um, but he, he then kind of just walked on and just kind of watched and kind of soaked it all up. Um, what did you make of it, AJ? It was, it was quite the uh, quite the scene, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was good fun as he started. I think it was the Super Kieran McKenna chant. I think yeah. he, he sang, "We've got Super Kieran McKenna," and then he kind of looked around and stopped himself as, and maybe he sensed that you were running up behind him with your eye. <laughs> trying to get, I, I there were some really nice cinematic shots from you there. Um, yeah, I, I thought that Ross, in fairness, also was going to be writing in amongst it, because he asked me afterwards, have I got any blue on my face? So <laughs> it wasn't as bad as last time, I don't think. This was great, though. I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't really seen anything like this, because obviously I wasn't in the round for the to game before my yeah. time. Not in that sense, but um, that was still quite an experience. I don't know how it compares necessarily. You guys have to, to touch on that, but it was a, a pretty special occasion.
0: Yeah, we're just watching these scenes here. So many fans just enjoying themselves, getting involved. Stewie, obviously, you were there for the Exeter, um, the original last uh, last season. I, I know you said after the game you didn't you didn't enjoy this quite as much.
1: <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I hope people sort of take that in the context of what it's meant. It's, it's definitely spectacular scenes. It's definitely a sign of how bonded the the fan base is with this this group. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased it happened. I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying that, but it just felt a little bit different in that the first time it happened was a bit more. I think I use the word organic in the piece I wrote this morning. In that it, there was a surprise element to it. It was a bit of talk on social media. Let's let's welcome the coach ahead of a game where potent, potentially promotion could be sealed, and we thought maybe a few dozen people, a few hundred at best, and that, that was the surprise factor. I think around the extra game, and it just felt. Uh, you know um a bit more wholesome around the extra game i would say it was kind of a bit more family friendly a bit more joyous obviously you know emotions are slightly you know very different around around a derby game and you could see sort of uh, the different type of emotions on people's faces in in that clip there um it's a sign of how much this this means to everybody this fixture i think those sort of scenes might put to bed any kind of national notion that It's not a proper derby and there's not there's not really enough sort of hatred and rivalry between these sides. I think that kind of sums it up a little bit Um, and just kind of fast, fast forwarding to the to the end of it. You know, the game, which we'll touch upon later, but anyone who's kind of gone, oh, wasn't that bothered about winning anyway sort of thing. Come on, behave. You know, you see those scenes before the game. Let's not dodge it. It's it's disappointing. No, there were that's why there was so that it felt quite flat afterwards because it felt like an opportunity and it, and it wasn't taken. But those scenes before the game, um, yeah, I think first and foremost just show what what the East Anglian derby means to everybody involved in it.
0: I'd love to know how the players calm themselves down after that because obviously they're they're seeing all this this excitement and this atmosphere being created. It, it you. It would be impossible not to be moved by that. Um, and then they, they, the, the way they do it now at town is the coach arrives and they have um, like a little, almost like meet and greet line of fans before they walk into the building. And obviously they're all excited and they're high fiving and go, you know giving them "go on, son" and all that kind of stuff. So to then walk into the building and know that you've got what an hour or so before the game kicks off and you've got to try and keep your emotions ice cold. As Sam Morsey said, we were speculating, weren't we, Rossi, we saw um, Sam Morsey marching around the pitch on his own um, with with his headphones in and we, and we were wondering what what he's listening to. I mean, he's got some classical FM going on in there, just trying to calm himself. What do you reckon, Rossi?
2: Yeah, well, we're debating different things. We're, we're thinking maybe a bit of gangster rap potentially. Yeah. Um, maybe even like maybe like war speeches maybe, like iconic war speeches maybe from got a bit of Churchill. Got a bit of Churchill yeah. going on or something. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. But um, I bet I bet all the players have just got their own little playlist, haven't they? You know, pre-match playlists, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think if I was a footballer, I think I'll be doing the same. I'll probably want to be by myself, just on the pitch with my headphones in, just getting in the zone, and listening to Rihanna, of course, and uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, obviously, because she's got some, you know, some proper like mean, mean songs. Four. Yeah. You know, get get right in there. But um, but uh, yeah, that's what I always, when I see, you know, pre match, always see Morsey him by himself with his headphones in, just in the zone. And uh, that's a good question to ask AJ next time you speak to him. You know, what does he listen pre match?
0: What do you, what, so what, what would be your pre match song of choice then, Rossi, Rihanna, of, of the, the vast back catalogue of, of, that Rihanna's produced? What would be your, your pre match oh, vibes?
2: There's a lot. There is a lot. Um, I do, oh, if you want to spot here The one that what? comes in my mind is diamonds i don't know why you know she's trying to write like a diamond in Yeah, the sky um so yeah there's loads honestly I, I, it'll be just it'll be a mix of all of her all of her hits so uh so yeah cuz i've got that to be fair i have actually got a playlist of just all her hits and uh, is she, is she on
0: her. is she on all of the lights kanye west cuz that's one of the best walkout songs Ooh. Yeah, i think she time. is I yeah, think she is. I think she is. That, that would definitely be high on my playlist. We also yeah. saw Brandon Williams walking around the pitch with Adam Eder, didn't we? Yeah. Hopefully having a little word in his ear, telling him he's nothing. Um, anyway, friends, should we move on to the game now, Stewie? After all the, uh, the excitement pre-game, um, as you've already touched on it, it's hard not to, given what happened and given all the build-up and we all gave it big beans, didn't we? Um, it's hard not for full-time to come and it'd be 2-2 and it feels like the stage was set for it to be the day um and i I think maybe part of that's due as we were conversing on saturday night was it i hadn't even considered that town wouldn't beat norwich do you know what i mean like like that's probably a bit of a a bit of a um an odd admittance now because they hadn't been beaten for 14 years but it hadn't even crossed my mind that they wouldn't because everything has changed under Kieran McKenna, and we've talked about the old kind of jinxes and stuff. And for me, and I've said this on on multiple occasions, it was just really how they won. So to, to sit there at the end of the game and they hadn't won, it just felt a bit flat, mate.
1: It did, and maybe we were all a little guilty of, of getting sucked into that, but mm. there were reasons for it. It was Ipswich's form. It was the fact they had an extra day to, re- to recover in preparation for this match. It was the fact that they've got a cool, calm, collected manager and captain that we, we hoped and believed would, would take the emotion out of the occasion. And do you know what? All of the things that we kind of predicted did kind of come true in the game and on another occasion... Did we get a bit carried away with some of the score predictions? I, I had, I think we had a 3 1, I had 4 2, you had 5 2, Mark. I mean, that game could have finished 4 2, 5 2, couldn't it? We should yeah. really be talking or could be talking quite easily about Nathan Broadhead being a derby day hat trick hero. Um, ton, tons of chances in in this game. And um, yeah, they, they were the better side uh, over, over the course of the 90 minutes. Um, It was just one of those days where the chances weren't taken, couple of scruffy goals against, and um, it just had to be in this match where where that perfect
0: storm kind of happened. Yeah, if you that first broadhead chance because it started, it was quite even, wasn't it? Then Town started to turn the screw a little bit, and that first broadhead chance where he, he he sat down two defenders, went around the keeper. If you'd have paused it at that point. And Chris Tarrant had come on and gone, well, <laughs> i a million pounds on this, Mark. What would you say? And I'd have gone, yeah, no problem. He's going to score that. And then he doesn't. And I I had a, a team from the BBC next to me, not observing press box etiquette, it's fair to say. The guy next to me, he was very much a partisan Ipswich Town fan. And after Broadhead missed that chance, and then the, he had another chance just after, didn't he? Well, I turned to him and said, I hope it's not going to be one of those days. It just started to feel a little bit like that. AJ, what what was your observations before before Town did open the scoring?
3: Um, it was weird in the sense that it felt cagey, but it also wasn't. It, it just felt like something had to give, and I think I've said it in a few games. It felt like it was going to either be a mistake or a wonder goal. It wasn't really either, to be honest. But um, that was kind of the 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 flow. That I saw, at least, and it just felt like <sighs> heading towards that. It, it was like one of those, oh, is it going to be one of those days situations? Because it wasn't the only miss in that first half, as I'm sure we, we've touched on. There was a couple of others that, that came after that, another from Broadhead and one from Burns. Um, and when I saw the Norwich corners going in, I thought from set play, they, sorry, from open play, they were, it was nothing really. They, they were hmm. not really offering anything. And it was the corners. And I was sort of thinking, oh, I'm not really too keen with how Town are dealing with these. They're, they're trying to get Norwich, are trying to get it on top of the goalkeeper. They're trying to crowd the box. They're trying to make it pinball around and get a scruffy goal. Um, and if you don't take your chances, what it would take would be one corner in to, to undo them. And thankfully, at least in that moment, that wasn't how it played out.
0: Yeah, those in swing corners were, 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 were dangerous, weren't they? But Norwich, mm. I mean, generally speaking, I think Norwich created a lot. Um, Rossi, when Broadhead, we did finally get the goal and there was this huge explosion of noise, and I will say by the way, pre game, um, and during the start of the game, it was unbelievably loud in Portland Road. I don't know how that compares to the loudest you boys have ever heard it, but from what I've heard from other people, that it would definitely have been up there. It was, it was like a crescendo of noise, wasn't it? It was literally you could feel parts of the building shaking. Um, and then, and then Broadhead scores, and I hadn't realized actually watching it live what a nice little cushioned header it is from george Hurst back towards him um his sixth or sixth of the season and i felt then i actually tweeted it ross lift off because it felt to me then as if right they've got the opening goal this is now going to go on and and town are going to win this big i i did delete it uh, shortly after (laughs) shortly after norwich equalized but that was a feeling was it was i was i wrong to feel like that rossi
2: no no because um yeah as, as we've all said you know that, that, that first half should have been three or four that, that, that was where it should have been out of sight in that first half you know Broadhead does the hard bit easy you know definitely the opportunities that he did have and then he just couldn't finish and then yeah this one he was right there bang you know celebration and yeah I felt it was lift off I thought here we go you know get that goal and then that was going to be it but um, we all know what happened after that but um, yeah it was unbelievable scenes you know I was just looking around everyone just going there. obviously I made the rookie move and decided to sit basically underneath the the Norwich fans. And obviously, when they scored, and obviously when we scored, they weren't happy. And obviously, they were happy when they scored. But I was like, maybe I should have sat here just in case they chuck things down or anything. But um, I just wanted to sit there because I thought it was a good angle to have. But uh, yeah. but yeah, that was great. And I loved the um, the blue action thing once again with Itchers Town yeah. Football Club. Well, that's another. They're just so creative, these boys, these guys. They've got a lot of time on their hands to put these together, because that was just impressive. Once again, just and fair play to all the fans to, you know, pull up the the red and, the red, the uh, the blue and white, um, you know, sheets to make it all look great. Um, yeah. Yeah, when Broadhead's goal went in, it was uh, scenes, as they say.
0: Yeah, it did look really good, didn't it? And and hopefully one day we can get someone from Blue Action on here, because I'd, I really want to speak to them about how long it takes to organise something like that and the planning of it. So, Stewie, town will one nil up. I'd, uh, I'd tweeted lift-off. It felt like lift-off. But then I guess you'd call them sucker punchers because Norwich got back on Neville terms through a bit of a scrappy goal. And then they actually went 2-1 up, which I don't think anyone had on their bingo board for the day. Um, and definitely, and I don't want to kind of spend too much time harping on about this, but you could definitely argument that both goals shouldn't have been allowed to stand and maybe wouldn't have stood in the Premier League.
1: Mm. Maybe. I think Ipswich had um Kieran McKenna had said it was a it was a 3-0 first half performance and it ended up 1-1. That's certainly the case. Yeah. That broadhead chance, just to go back to that. I mean, that would have been a derby goal for the ages, wouldn't it? Mm. The way he sat down two Norwich defenders. I, I could just picture that sort of photograph of two Norwich players sort of laying on the turf, mouths open as as the net bulged, but in, instead he he puts it the wrong side of the post from six yards out. Burns had smashed one over. Broadhead put another one wide in, inside the box. Just of all days, their shooting boots uh, were left at home. Connor Chaplin, who always hits the target, um, dragged a couple of shots, pulled mm. a couple of shots wide of the post. Uh, maybe was that sort of the occasion? Maybe bit of tent bit of tension in in uh, when they were pulling the trigger. I don't know. So. Yeah, it, you were wondering, that was the feeling as that first half sort of played out. Is this going to come back to bite them on the bum? But what, when that first goal went in, you're right. It felt like, OK, Norwich are going to have to play a little bit more open, come at Ipswich a little mm. bit more now. That will play into Ipswich's hands. Um, and, yeah, sucker punches is is the best way of putting it. You, you touched upon it earlier. They had looked sort of dangerous from making it those sort of bitty, scrappy moments from set plays, curling corners right in underneath the crossbar crowd in the goalkeeper um and ultimately it's a couple of sort of high balls in into the box that that leads to goals uh um the offside shouts for both are are marginal i would i would say i don't want to spend too long kind of going oh both both those goals should have been ruled out i think it's which do need to look at defending both those moments better um the first one is is two crosses one from the left then another one from the right that aren't stopped you go rewind to the Watford game in midweek we we talked about not stopping enough crosses into the box and there's been other games where that's been the case as well mm. um, and then after half time it's, it's a long throw that's just not not dealt with um, well enough but undoubtedly some misfortune with both those goals. Is there? Is there a handball from Jonathan Rowe? Ball looks like it sort of rolls up his arm a little bit before he, he produces. In fairness, quite an inventive finish, but hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't catch the, the bicycle kick cleanly at all, does he? And that sort of could have gone anywhere, but pops up off of Wolfenden's thigh and goes straight back to him. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, an element of misfortune about both goals, but we can't keep saying that Ipswich. Are, it's not one; they're not goals to, <clears throat> excuse me, to sort of sweep under under the rug either. I don't think because Ipswich have conceded quite a few goals, certainly at home this season. And we kept saying there'll come a point where you can't keep getting away with with conceding two goals yeah. at home. And unfortunately, it caught up with them in in uh, in the game. They didn't want it to.
0: Should we talk about that a little bit, AJ? Because before the game, I was on the the Pinken podcast, and the, all the boys <clears throat> on the Norwich end of things were were openly worried about. Being on the on the wrong end of a tonking, they all thought. I think, in the heart of hearts, they're going to win the game. And, and Connor said to me, <clears throat> "Can you give me some reason for optimism?" And I said, "Well, I mean, Town do concede goals, and it's they have a habit for doing it, and they did it again in this game. Two goals again, kind of out of nothing, really. Um, and Jonathan Rowe is is a Derby Day hero from that side of things. So he's got he's got a brace to his name. Uh, and Terry Hunt, one of our columnists this morning, said we can't." Yes, Town play lovely football and it's very exciting and all that kind of stuff, but you can't keep conceding goals like they're doing.
3: Yeah, I get that to an extent. Um, at the same time, I think we've got a big enough sample size that suggests that maybe that – is that necessarily the case? I don't know. I'm not really hmm. sure to what extent I want to criticise it because in terms of home games, what is it? We've had 11 now, I think, off the top of my head. And from yeah. those, there's been one draw – and one defeat, and they've won the rest. And they've won the rest by, I mean, the teams that have only um, conceded two to town at home are Norwich, Stoke, and Coventry, the only ones. Every other team has conceded at least three goals to Ipswich. Mm. The vast majority of those have ended up losing the game um, at Portman Road. And I I also kind of think it is a big enough sample size to suggest that do you want to necessarily do something that would end up moving away from that? I, I would like talent to improve the defensive side. Absolutely. And I think it's something that Kieran McKenna will look to doing because you want to create as close to perfect team as you possibly can. But at the same Mm. time, from that sample size that we have, they've shown that over an extended period, over a number of months, they can go and score X amount of goals and they can outscore the opposition. It's just how they are at home. And I wouldn't want to jeopardize what has got them this far by changing something defensively, by going down a different route. Um, So I'm not really sure to what extent I want to, I don't know, criticise or critique or or kind of point out areas that they want to improve. That's always the way you want to kind of take these things in football. But at the same time, I think given the start across the whole, was it been, three, four months we've had so far, and what they've done at home so far, shows that I I wouldn't necessarily jump on it kind of being unsustainable because the sample Mm. size I think is big enough.
1: I think what Kieran McKenna would say is, (coughs) he would say... we're not conceding loads of chances from open play, and again, yeah. that was the case in this. The little moat. Then it's no. They weren't goals that came from sustained moments of pressure. There wasn't periods of the game where you thought, well, oh, they've got to dig in here a little bit." There, are moments, and it's been the case in in a lot of the games. If you got it, looking from the outside in, you see these score lines at Portman Road of four threes and three twos, and you think they're sort of wide open games where Ipswich are kind of leaving themselves open at the back. That's not the case. They they have shown that they can keep clean sheets. Their clean sheet record is, is probably up there in terms of the, of the championship. So I don't think there's anything sort of structurally wrong with the team. Like naively, they're leaving themselves too open at hmm. times. They are sort of moments, bolt from the blue moments. But also that doesn't mean that you can just sort of shrug shoulders and move on from that. There is, I would... Rather than sort of focus too much on the, the misfortune elements of those goals, I would look at it and say, well, that's two crosses that have been allowed to enter our box. Forget about the finish and how that unfolded. Is that something we need to look at? And then certainly the long throw. Okay, George Hurst looted a bit of a wrestling match with. I think it's Ashley Barnes when, when the, the long throw goes in. But the bit that I look at is Nathan uh, is Nathan Broadhead. If you watch it back, he he's the man assigned to marking Jonathan Rowe and, and he's, it's just a lapse in concentration. And that's not the first time that's happened with him in terms of defending set pieces. So this is Ipswich's pursuit of excellent. Of course, we're not sitting here massively critiquing anything about them because of you know, by and large it's been superb what they've done hmm. and the table suggests that. But yeah, in this pursuit of excellence and McKenna leaving no stone unturned, there you know, there are there's some little things that they just still need to need to look
0: at to uh, mm. to keep this all going. OK, so 2-1 down. Not what anyone had in the script, I don't think. Even, even the most optimistic of Norwich fans probably didn't see them being 2-1 up at that point in the game, particularly when you look at how the teams have played as well up to that point. Um, and then I guess we shouldn't be surprised because Town have shown it so many times. But what I, re- I really enjoyed was the way they just kept sticking to their principles, kept playing, kept looking for the, the openings in, in the usual way. They didn't panic. Uh, and then obviously Wes Burns gets an equaliser, Rossi. Um, I actually broke press box etiquette then for the first time in my career. Um, I've sat cage side watching Arnold Allen fight. I've been next to the ring while Fabio Wardley's been going punch for punch with big, nasty, horrible heavyweights trying to win the uh, the English title or defend the English title, I think it was. Um, and it, it took to this moment, Wes Burns producing a, a trademark, Wes Burns leather it with the right foot finish. I stood up and I gave it the beans. I went, yes! And then I immediately felt I felt bad. Um, but how are you feeling watching it?
2: Yeah, I will admit I was very flat at that point going, as you mentioned, that wasn't in the script. Mm. We're losing 2-1 against them. Um, and I just felt that the ground re- very much just went a bit silent, didn't it? And I think we all went, shit, here we go. It was just, <laughs> it was
0: just, that, it was just that feeling, wasn't it? Like, it yeah. like, you're kind of looking around and, and you're thinking... This can't. They can't be. This can't be happening, can it? Again, against against this side. This is not. This is not what anyone thought would happen.
2: No. Um, but deep down, I, I did feel this team is different, though. It's different to you know the old teams of the past and all that. And you know we've come from behind before. And this team has got goals in them. And um, you know I was saying. I think a lot of us were saying. Like, could can there be a hero? Obviously, this is a team of. Um, this isn't a team or individuals, but I feel like it needs someone to step up to go and score. And Wes Burns, I think, is probably the, the right man to do that. And I didn't appreciate the goal until I watched it back because it is a great strike. It's and, a really uh, good goal, yeah. And yeah, I just, yeah, it was just a great moment and a great goal to, to equalise. Obviously, we, we were all hoping it was going to be, you know, a kickstart of. Um us scoring and scoring again. But um but no, it was a great moment to say, yep, yeah, equalize and we'll move on from it. But uh yeah, I love the scenes once again, him celebrating, he just went like oh, that. Um obviously deep down he like knew we still need to get another goal to win this. But um but yeah, thank God we did score that equalizer.
0: Yeah, so the equaliser goes in, Stewie, and I guess then the feeling is Tanley gonna go on and win this. But we'll come on to the performance as a whole, maybe after this. But um other than maybe the Nathan Broadhead chance, which I saw. Some people on social media, by the way, referring to the gun save as one of the greatest in Norwich City, Norwich City history. Um, I mean, it was a decent save. I, I, and it's pr- probably not for me to say that to rank Norwich City saves. Um, but other than that kind of one chance, theory, it didn't really feel to me like there were, there were that many opportunities as they kind of they didn't create a huge amount, did they, after that?
1: No, what was the Burns goal on 60 minutes. So there's yeah. still half an hour plus six minutes of stoppage time. But it didn't feel like they were banging the door down at any stage. Chapman yeah. put, a, put a free kick. Um, close, but not close enough past the post. The Broadhead chance towards the end. Um, could he have done a little bit better with that? It's a, it's a reasonable save, but one you'd expect him to make. Um I think maybe, you know, there was two things that came into play there, I thought. I thought Norwich, you know, desperate bodies mm. on the line, uh, to be to be fair to them, they were organised, they, yep. they they closed down space as well, they defended well, um, and then maybe a little bit of the week, physically and mentally catching up with Ipswich a, a bit as well, gone to Middlesbrough, you've gone to Watford, then you've had all the build-up to this game. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit of that came into play. But, um, you know, they had a lot of the ball in the final third, didn't they? But didn't <clears throat> didn't create didn't create loads.
0: So, um, yeah, and it, and it meant honours even. Mm. What about the performance as a whole, AJ? We've talked about the goals, um, the key moments. What did you make of the performance, as it were, uh, uh, of both sides? Um, because I think, and you may disagree, but I thought Town played some nice stuff. They obviously created chances. Norwich, I wasn't... Got to say, massively impressed with. They uh, kind of obviously we know Jonathan Rose, a danger man, but I don't think even they would say he he played his best game. Um, Mm. What did you make of it?
3: Yeah, I think that they were largely pretty dominant. I mean, I spoke to Wes Burns after the game and I think he took quite, he was very much taking the positives from it. Mm. I think the squad as a whole have been doing that from the game. It was kind of like I suggested, you know, good performance, but not the result you want. And he kind of went, yeah, I I guess, you know, Mm. I, I think that. They are, especially with this one, a performance focused team. I'm not necessarily sure about dominated the game start to finish, but I think it was a pretty dominant display overall. Mm. I think that as we kind of touched upon, as McKenna said, another day they're three nil up at half time, or at least two nil up at half time. And at that point, do you see Norwich getting back into it? Especially Not at three. Let's be totally honest. That was never gonna happen. It would have turned into a bit of a rout, I would have said. Mm. Um just kind of the way the cookie crumbles to be perfectly honest these games with the way that town play as well um yeah it wasn't kind of like the open end-to-end kind of thing and and it's not necessarily like it's been that all season but with the way that they play they are at risk of having these kind of results and in, in these kind of games it's just a shame it was this one i think yeah and i think that if this had happened in another game let's say I mean, it's difficult with the ones at the moment. But let's say it happened at Middlesbrough or uh, Coventry a couple of weeks ago. We'd be coming away from that and saying, oh, that's a bit annoying. On to the next one. That's fine. It's just about the circumstances. I don't think that we'd be looking at the negatives in the same way. It's just because it's the game. And I think that, um, yeah, it's the context of it. And when you look forward, when you look beyond that, as I'm I'm sure we're going to do, it's one where you can't really take that many kind of negatives from what they actually did on the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, take all the emotion out of it on any other day, being 2-1 down at home against, you know, on a day where maybe the shooting boots aren't quite on to come back and get a draw. You'd go, yeah, that's decent. But it's just the emotion around the game, isn't it? Sue, I thought you summed it up quite perfectly, if you don't mind me saying, when you put in your uh, She Says bit for yesterday morning, you can't win them all. But it's just a shame they didn't win this one. What What did you make of the overall kind of performance and um, showing from various individual players? Better
1: team, no doubt about it. As we say, yeah. I think that was a that was a, probably a 4-2, 5-2 two, two type game. Mm. Created, a, created a load of chances. Did Lackey have a save to make? Did Norwich, beyond the one long height cross into the box and one chucked long throw into the box and a few corners. Did, did they ever really threaten? Um, I think Kieran McKenna summed it up. If you play that game 10 times over, Ipswich probably win it nine times out of 10. Mm. Um, but it coulda, woulda, shoulda, isn't it? And uh, I'm not going to pretend. We'll get onto the bigger picture stuff. And there is 101 reasons to feel good about this football club at the moment. But I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that it didn't hurt and it wasn't a bit flat because because of the nature of the context of the derby in 14 years and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, there you go. It's done now. An emotional day out of the way. Um, and Ipswich can can crack on with their season.
0: Yeah. There's, um, on the subject of Hladke, there was a wonderful pronunciation. We talked about pronunciation. It with Glenn on the live pod last week. Um, and on the, one of the highlights packages I'd, I'd watched, Hladke was pronounced as Hledecky. Which I uh, which I quite enjoyed, um, Rossi, One more one more note, which um, again came about from sitting next to a, an Ipswich town biased BBC man, and uh, he was saying, "When's he going to change things? When's he going to bring bring subs on?" And I said, "I I reckon he probably changed three or four at once." Were you, were you slightly surprised by the subs in terms of? A, I don't think he actually made a sub until the seventy eighth minute, and it was Harness came on, wasn't it? Um, and Hutchinson. Uh, and then he didn't make any more subs until I think the ninetieth minute. Were you slightly surprised by that?
3: Uh
2: a little bit. I think it's such for a derby game. I'm sure it's it's, it's tricky to make the right decision. You know, you know if the flow of the game is still. But then you know we weren't really creating those chances, so know we needed some fresh legs to to freshen up a little bit and have players run at you know a tiring Norwich defence because they had like you know some old old boys, didn't they? Shane Duffy and McLean, they're very very old indeed. Um, <laughs> Very well, old
0: indeed. <laughs> they are they what, like 31 well, or something? Well,
2: well they're, they're, they're past my threshold, right, boys? They're past my threshold. They,
0: they are both 31. Very uh, old indeed. Write that down, yeah.
2: friends. Sorry. So, sorry, Shane Duffy and all that. Um, all that yeah, yeah. Amazing. But, um, but you, you know what I mean. Like, taurine legs. Taurine legs or veterans of the game. Yeah. Um and you know, like Amari Hutchinson, I don't know if we're going to get onto his opportunity because uh, that would have been massive if he scored it. Um, obviously because it would have been the winner eventually. But uh, yeah, I think maybe it would have maybe a bit earlier, maybe maybe a bit earlier. But which um,
0: opportunity was that, Rossi? Have I have I have I missed something out there? Where was that after the save? No, it's when um he
2: got it was sort of he got the ball went into um, crossed into him and it just he just his legs got a bit tangled and he just missed it. He basically had like a tap-in, didn't he, boys? I don't know if you remember this. He just had a tap-in and
3: it just got tangled on his legs, basically. Oh, I, I don't vague, remember that one, if i honest. vaguely remember him getting into a good position and there was something... I'm going to find it now. I'm going to find it. I'm it going to find like it.
0: You might be right. It looked like after the broadhead save, from the angle we were sitting at, it looked like it was going to just drop to, to Amara and he was just going to tap it in. Uh, yes, I so that's not what you're talking about the broad yes, yeah, yeah. and the, okay yeah 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 well sub stewie were you surprised by that because we've seen um a little bit yeah because yeah. i
1: thought Hutchison looked you know he's been such a live wire he didn't come on till till 78 did he um and there was a couple of little moments as foot like instantly he but he was sort of you know got the ball down the right side of the box and he's probably the last player you want to be facing um tired legs in, in the latter stages mm. of a derby. It's, uh, I thought Dane Scarlett came on in the last minute, had quite a little lively mm. cameo in in stoppage time as well, but didn't really sort of have enough time to get himself into it. But I can also understand why the manager wanted to sort of keep faith with the team that has sort of played the, the most number of games and give them a chance to, to be heroes in the derby as well. So, um, yeah, it. Making a sort of was it uh, triple triple change on ninety minutes doesn't doesn't give them that that long to sort of get involved in it. But um, I can also understand why you don't want to take Connor Chaplin, a man who scored so many goals for Ipswich Town off and and Broadhead, even though it hadn't been their day up until that point. You still feel like they're your your X factor guys that are are possible of doing something at any moment. So
0: um, yeah, is what it is, I guess. It is what it is—the greatest football cliche right. out there. Let's let's hear, boys. Let's move on to post-game now, shall we? Shall we hear from from Kieran McKenna about what he made of the game? Here we go.
4: Kieran, on his even in a topsy turvy derby, how do you reflect on on that
5: one? Yeah, I thought it was um, it was a great occasion in terms of the build-up and, and the support the supporters, you know, did. Did the, uh, the club proud in terms of the atmosphere they created? I thought it was a really good performance. I thought we were the better team by by a considerable margin. Created lots and lots of chances, gave away very few chances. Um, and there was lots of things that we can build on from the performance. Of course, the frustration is conceding two goals from sort of hopeful balls that ricocheted around in our box. But beyond that, there's so many positives that we can take in the performance. And, um, you know... Uh, of course, only a point, and we would have loved to have given the, the supporters the the victory, but I think the, the team in blue can certainly take a lot from that game.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone could disagree with, with what Kieran says there. Certainly um, the much better side, I would say, on the day. Um, and I enjoyed the game. I thought it was, it was a good game, enjoyable, and I thought town played well. They just didn't have the rub of the green in terms of scoring the goals, did they? Um, Stewie, I, you've obviously spent a lot more time around Kieran McKenna than I have, but it felt to me... And I know he's Mr. Calm and and consider you know kind of articulate and logical and that kind of stuff. It did feel to me as if he was slightly flat. Would that be fair? Maybe there was a little uh, bit of frustration tinged in the in the post match.
1: Yeah, I guess naturally he knew how much it meant to the supporters, and mm. I think it was just probably the same feelings as as all of us. Really knew his team were the better side, and and they weren't able to. They weren't weren't able to deliver the three points that the performance deserved, really. Um, Mm. But I don't think you can argue with anything he he said there. You know, I thought, you know, he certainly wasn't speaking overly emotionally after after that game. I think we've heard him. Mm. I thought he was analysing the performance pretty well and, and stripped the emotions out of it. And, you know, we were the better side and on most days we'd have won, but it didn't happen on this occasion
0: let's hear from something else he said then because he was asked about the, the fan greeting um and uh some of his comments i think have uh exercised the norwich side of things shall we say they, they spent quite a long time talking about it on the pink podcast yesterday going so far as to call call kieran mckenna salty for these these comments um let's listen to them now
5: yeah it was brilliant yeah look it's it's such appreciated it's fantastic memories i said today it wasn't gonna it wasn't going to win us the game, it wasn't going to lose us the game because I know the players won't get overawed by that type of thing. But I think it strengthens the bond, to be honest, going forward there like today where you see what the club is capable of, you see the atmosphere that was created before the game, you see the following, you see the interest in the town because the team's doing well and we're playing in a derby, the the vocal support that the players got, um, the performance that was delivered under big pressure against the team who are, you know, 18 months ago, we were operating in the Premier League, and for that team then to be, you know, supporters are celebrating at the end of the game off of a draw and we're 21 points clear. I think I don't need to emphasise it too much that there's, you know, I think lots of positivity to take from today as a, as a football club. And, um, you know, the day's done now. Um, both teams take the point and, uh, you know, we try and build on it. We've got big games coming up, we've got tough games coming up, but I think today's a day where the club from Everton, Nassau, represented themselves, you know, well. and. And show the progress that we're making.
0: Go on, then AJ. On you go. So McKenna saying the you know Norwich fans celebrating a draw, which which kept Town twenty one points ahead of them. Kind of shows, I guess, that how far Town have come. Uh, what what did you make of of that?
3: I agree. Um, wouldn't go down the line of saying it's saltiness. I think it's also um, a bit of a reality because maybe. In an era where Town, well, I mean, I saw it mentioned or described on Twitter as the banter era. Um, I don't know what you guys would go as far as describing it, but, you know, it was quite a dark time for the club. It might have been one where Town would have gone to Carrow Road or had a home game and they'd be celebrating getting um, a point against what at the time was a really, really good Norwich team. A Norwich team that were, you know, bouncing up and down between the Premier League and the Championship and, and looking like a, a really strong side for the level. And it just kind of feels like... It was totally the other way around today. Um Burns, when I asked him about it, kind of said maybe this fans can feel this is the start of a time of change. There's been a derby that has, I guess, technically, based on wins at least, been dominated by one side. Maybe mm. they can sense that there's something changing here, even if it wasn't today that marked that change. If you look at the performance, I mean, can any of you guys remember a derby where town dominated like this? i don't really think that there is going to be anything like that um even if the result didn't match it um this is still something that i don't think any of us have seen in these kind of games in terms of the performance levels and yeah i think that there's a the confidence that eventually that will change things it's
1: yeah not salty, is it it's just facts no. yes yeah. just, just just facts there um i'm not going to sort of go down the route of taking the mickey out of Norwich, celebrating it wildly, which they did. You saw the scenes afterwards. Uh, If roles were reversed, Ipswich would be doing exactly the same. Um, And that's just all part of it. You know, Ipswich, with all the build-up beforehand... If you put yourself in Norwich fans' shoes, you know, there was this feeling that it was almost a foregone conclusion. They had fear going into this game. Ipswich had confidence. You've got all the build-up beforehand with the flares and everything. They're looking at sort of the clearly the football landscape is changing in terms of where Ipswich are at and where they're at. And Ipswich didn't win. And so, of course, they're going to be laughing their heads off about it. It would be the same if it was the other way around and just got to suck that up a little bit to be honest from an Ipswich perspective but you know the bigger picture stuff it doesn't need emphasizing the facts are there in terms of where Ipswich are out in the table what's happening with the ownership what's happening with the manager what's happening with this sort of relatable group of players and I think deep down Norwich know that they're probably heading towards you know football goes in cycles and you know they haven't had the full taste of what Ipswich Town went through, uh, over mm. a, you know, you talk about the sort of the banter years or, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know, that was Ipswich were in the doldrums for, for quite some time. And, you know, I hope it, uh, you know, Norwich might, might it's going to probably get worse before it gets better for, for Norwich from that point of view and parachute payments dry up. It depends what happens with ownership there, of course, and things like that. But, um, yeah, it, it obviously Ipswich are in a, in a far, far better place as a football
0: club at this moment
1: in time. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we said it already in terms of positive. You take the emotion <clears> out of this game, the fact it was Norwich, um, the performance, the fact that they, they they should have won four two, five two, chances created, they came from two one behind, they didn't lose the game. And that's all positive, isn't it? Uh Rossi, what what did um what what were the fans saying after the game? Obviously, you went outside and spoke to uh, to a bunch of fans for, for game day. How are they feeling? Uh they're very
2: flat, to be honest. They were flat, um, because obviously, you know, we're so excited, you know, pre match and the scenes at the start and everyone was very confident going into the game because, you know, this is the best opportunity to, to beat them, and you know, obviously we we were the better side. Um obviously they said some great stuff on game day. Um so check that out and have a little plug there. Um But they just know this team. Are just good, they just know that they're just enjoying the moment, aren't they? At the end of the day, look at the points titles you know, 21 points now, still away from Norwich, aren't we? Is so it 11 points or something away from Leeds? 10. So, it didn't change anything because Leeds, okay. Leeds were held by Coventry at home, so yeah, nothing
0: changed. I mean, no. nothing changed despite the fact they didn't win the game. So, um, if you look at it, as you say, if you take all the emotion out of it. It's actually fine, isn't it? There's no reason yeah. to like be uh, be kind of down about it. It's just the fact it was Norwich. That's all. Um, Rossi, do you do you feel slightly responsible? You may have jinxed it by bringing the game day jacket to do uh, post match interviews.
2: <laughs> uh, well, you guys predicted big score lines. I just went. I know. Well, I, that yeah. was you know. Yeah. Uh, three one still uh, okay. Are you're, we calling you're on the, you're on call. three one a big score line? Four three, goals. Four goals. You know. Yeah, there were four uh, goals. <laughs> True, um, but then I said this: I, if I didn't bring it, and if they lost or drew, drew well, they drew anyway. Then I, I would have been jinxed. I just brought it because I had that confidence of going, "Yeah, we're going to win." Obviously, yeah. so I want it there. And if I didn't, you know, you know, didn't bring it, and we won, it's like, oh, like you're so you know, why, why, Ross? Why have you not brought it? You know, that's great scenes. So the problem is, I think a lot of people said, "Oh, if I didn't wear the, my lucky socks, or I didn't wear, you know." <laughs> suffering it's it's one of those in it you know going into their games if people believe in that sort of stuff you know if you don't wear this or don't do that or don't go to that pub before match don't say hello to that person um you know go under a ladder and all that you think you'll jinx it it's yeah it's one of those things in it i think it's definitely your fault
0: um right shall so we hear from should <laughs> so we hear from wes burns before we wrap things up
3: yeah really nice goal from you to equalize
4: the other yeah yeah i'll take them all to be fair i mean um it's nice to score in a derby as always, but you know, I just wish it was on the, the right end of the result.
3: Yeah, is it a dressing room that feels frustrated about the result? Is it one that is seeing positives from this point in this performance?
4: You, you know, we'll always take the positives from, from every from every performance really. Like we said, we were dominant from start to finish and I think that's that's um that's massive for us really, you know, the the pressure and the magnitude of the game for us to go out there and show our bravery as we always do, to play our style and and um, you know, impose ourselves on, you know, what they keep saying is we're a much better team than ours. Um, so yeah, I think we were, I think we were pretty dominant throughout. Your
3: first experience of the Stainland Barbie how was it from yours? Yeah, I really
4: enjoyed it. To be fair, it's probably um, up there with one of my most enjoyable games. Um, obviously, the goal adds to that. I think, but um, no, it was a great occasion. You know, the fans came out in in full force. You know, home and away. To be fair. Um, so yeah it's
3: brilliant Yeah, finally just touching on the fans how much did that mean to you as a group when you look at the same or similar scenes to the extra game last season huge display coming in another one in the ground
4: there's a lot going on yeah it's, it's unreal to be fair you know I think uh, coming into the game we knew you know kind of the history behind the fixture and you know how much it means to, to you know to the Ipswich fans obviously it's been a while since we you know beat Norwich as well obviously we did manage to do it today but I think the fans are Possibly sensing a turn in in that whole in the whole you know saga, but um, yeah, it means a lot to us as, as players, and it really gives us that extra percent when we need it. We need it.
0: A couple of notes post that chat. Then um, he, he makes reference there to everyone saying Norwich were a much better team. Um, he did then go on to say someone asked him about that, and he said in terms of the, I think he meant in terms of the value. I don't think anyone was going into this game saying that Norwich were, were a better team than it's Rich Town, but I think. If you compare the relative values of the sides, I guess they'd, they'd use that as a bit of motivation. Um, and also uh, an odd question. Someone asked Kieran McKenna if, if he wished the fans hadn't done the bus greeting, which I thought was a really odd question um, in in, in, the, in the context of things. Anyway, um, but I want to finish, Rossi, with positives. And I, I, I like something that I think it came from you on game day. So it's all right when we beat him at Carrow Road and secure promotion. That'll be the the perfect antidote. to The uh, maybe the little bit of flatness post game here.
2: Yeah, because that's part of the big run, isn't it? I think the seventh of April or something like that, and you know that's going to be it's going to be a big big month that in April. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people just got over it pretty quickly. I think they went, oh, oh well, you know we move on. You know we're in a good position. We've got some big bigger games coming up. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be the Caro game. You know, there's no pressure on us really for that one, because you know, Norwich are gonna to have to play, you know, better football at their own ground. If not, their fans are gonna turn on them. Uh but us we'll just be there and we'll just play our normal stuff. Um and away from home, we've got some very impressive away wins already on the on the on the books, and we'll have a, hopefully a few more um in the coming weeks and months ahead before that game. But um, yeah, that would be that would be a very, very nice indeed. It carried it, away, though. I
0: love it, Rossi. That's what's going to happen. It's written. Don't forget your game day jacket that day either. Um, Stewie, do you want to wrap things up then in terms of this game? What, what, what will be your kind of overall thoughts, takeaways from, from this one? It is, a lot of it is to do with just the emotion around who the opposition were, isn't it? Uh, in terms of feeling flat and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Alex is right. I think if that had been against anyone else, you'd say better team could have scored a hatful today, found themselves in a difficult position behind points not the end of the world given how good the home form Mm. is given you know ultimately you look at it as a week as a whole seven points from those three games we're talking about how december looked so tricky on picture on paper you'd have taken that as well so you can put that that bit of perspective on it it's just stripping away everything it's just it's just because it was Norwich wasn't it that adds to that that flat feeling um the whole kind of dominance in the derby thing it's interesting to note that six of the last nine meetings have all been draws now so it's not like they've been getting beaten in every game against Norwich but it has been the fact that they've been yo-yoing up up and down between the Premier League and the Championship and Ipswich had been down in League One that that had all added to this kind of feeling of, of hurt hadn't it so um yeah, I think they know that the, the tide is turning and they're, they're clinging on to that, and, and rightly so. So I'm not going to take that away. Um, it'd be the same if it was the other way round. But uh, yeah, in some ways, I'm kind of quite pleased that this this day is done and out of the way a little bit now, and Ipswich can kind of focus. You know, the great thing is that we've got two two huge games
0: coming up that can kind of quick, very quickly hopefully put this one uh, behind us. Absolutely massive games coming up. They know, Stu, as you say. They know. They know what way the tide is turning. Um, AJ, your first East Anglian derby as a a professional journalist covering it. How will you reflect on it?
3: Um, In the long-term an enjoyable experience, I think, because it's not like any other game that I've covered, at least. I mean, I've covered three different teams now across quite a short career doing this and gone to a variety of different kind of games here and there. I don't think that this really matched up to anything in in terms of how exciting this was, in terms of the build-up, in terms of everything before the game, in terms of everything during the game. Definitely a a different kind of feeling, even when you compare the the derbies that I'd done before in the past. I've I've done a few. Um, I mean, the hype going into it and the hype around the club, I went to these games uh, back. God it would have been maybe six, six years ago or something like that. And I was just picking seats off on general sale and popping in a couple of days before. This was one that sold out for members and things like that, weeks in advance, right. all the hype around it. Um in the moment and on the day, it didn't work out. But I think that that and everything that comes with it in terms of, as I said, the buildup and and the fact it was such a quick sellout and all the hype and all the excitement around the club just shows where things are going at the moment.
0: Mm, yeah, and obviously the next game coming up is is inarguably a much bigger game for Town, Stewie. The trip to Leeds, uh, who remain ten points behind Town after the, after their result of the weekend, chance for them clearly to make up some ground and, and do the double over Town this season. Morsi's available, another positive. He didn't get booked. Yep. Um, and we head into, as you say, a couple of absolutely gigantic games: Leeds and then Leicester. What a time to be alive, Stewie! Mm. there was a slight
1: heart and mouth moment when Sam Morsy went into a tackle in the yeah. first half, wasn't there? And <laughs> yeah. another time, I think where Luongo went in, and there's always that split second because they have both got five on the back of their shirts, and they're both in the same sort of area of the pitch. That there's a couple of times. Is it Morsy? No, it's Luongo. It's okay. So yeah, he's him coming through the game without a booking is is massive. Yeah, Ipswich go to Leeds, who have just lost to Sunderland and been held at home to Coventry, so it's kept that ten point gap there. Um, We kept talking, you know, weeks ago. Would you rather beat Norwich or would you rather beat Leeds? And what sort of configuration of points if if you could pick uh, over the Christmas period? Well, Leeds is probably a bigger game, isn't it? In the context of where Ipswich are at, you know, it would have been nice to get one over. Over Norwich, but in the grand scheme of things, where Ipswich are at uh, in the table, this is this is huge on on Saturday. It's, it's, um, so, yeah, they'll go there like they do in every single away game, looking to attack the game, take it to the opposition, believe that they can win. It might be a few little bit of edginess in in the crowd at Ellen Road. It is a crowd that can get fully behind their team, and um, that will be absolutely the case intimidating atmosphere from the off but there's also a crowd that you can you can turn as well so mm. um
0: cannot wait for saturday listen if town went on saturday this draw against norwich will be quickly forgotten won't it they didn't lose they came back they got a point and then they went and beat leeds and moved even further ahead of third place potentially depending on how results go with southampton obviously up there now as well um one more thing i want to mention boys, just in terms of news, um, before we head off today, and it's not to do with with the Norwich game or the Leeds game, it's just a, something interesting. Um, Emma Hughes has, has retired, um, shared it last night, and Stewie, when Emma, Emma obviously came on loan, first of all, and scored that very memorable goal against against Newcastle on Sir Bobby Robson Day, that, that big win, it was Easter Monday, wasn't it, I seem to think, off the top of my head, um, then he signed, and it was kind of one of the most exciting I guess signings of the Evans era they certainly they certainly went big in terms of making a song and dance about it and it was a four-year deal and it, and it felt really important at the time <clears throat> but then Emir just sadly it's one of these things isn't it where it must be so frustrating as a professional athlete when you're constantly blighted by injuries what how will you think about Emir Hughes's time at town and as, as a footballer
1: unfortunately injuries is the first word that comes to mind isn't it you're right the Newcastle goal I think there was a late winner at Villa or was it equaliser I can't remember winner Ross yeah yeah winner winner yeah winner at Villa yeah those those two going games and goals kind of stick in my mind with Ma Hughes Ipswich for years a goal scoring midfielder you know a creative midfielder seemed to seemed to be the issue and he looked to be the answer to that genuine box-to-box talent someone who'd come through at Manchester City and um yeah just just could his body was never never quite right um just breakdown after breakdown and um yeah it's um yeah it's just it's just a shame that it didn't work out that way for Emir Hughes but I'm sure it's fans will wish him well
0: Absolutely, just just sad. He's only just turned thirty. Quite quite powerful. I thought the message Rossi. The um the line: "This path is no longer meant for me."
2: Yeah, sorry, I had my mic muted there.
0: Uh, yeah, there
2: he, he put a little video on his Instagram, like a good two minute video of all these you know pictures of him in action for all of his other clubs, and he's done, he's got loads great lines from it. And uh, you know, when your body maybe just tells you that. Yeah, you can't play at a high level anymore. You might as well just, you know, go on to a different path. And I think he's got a, you know, a big future ahead of him. You know, he's only 30. So, um, yeah, we shall see what's next for him. And um, I remember that goal. I was at the goal uh, game for the Aston Villa late when I was in that away end. And and then also I was there for his goal against Newcastle. What absolute scenes. But, uh, yeah, just injuries, unfortunately, has hampered his career. And, uh, yeah, wish him all the best.
0: Mm, yeah, sorry sorry to hear that Emir. You are very old, though, um, in fairness, according to Ross. Uh, right, friends, just a, just a couple more things then before we go. Just a reminder for our sponsor, please use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery and all that excellent cover there. I've still got all your respective um, trimmers in the back of my car, friends. We didn't get to hand those over like Santa with the ball trimmers I was going to be on Saturday, but we didn't, we didn't try time in the end. Um, but anyway, use the code KOA, 20% off free delivery from manscaped.com. and also friends another special podcast coming your way we're going to record our christmas special which will be out on christmas day we're going to do that tomorrow uh, and it's going to be a mailbag free for all anything you want to ask literally anything ask us and there's a good chance we might talk about it because it's christmas after all um so that'll go out on christmas day as i say get involved uh, with any kind of mailbag messages you want Friends, anything else to mention? Rossi, we should mention the, the Tractor Girls yesterday. Good win in the FA Cup over, uh, sounds like quite a physical, um, Lewis, 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 Lewis? How do you pronounce it? Lewis, Lewis, yeah. Lewis, Lewis yeah, Lewis. Is it already of me asking yeah. you how to pronounce something?
2: <laughs> I know, for once, yeah. Uh, that's an easy one to say, though, for me. So, uh, But no, yeah, incredible result, you know, beating a team, a division above them um, and Pretty much dominated the game. Really scored three very good goals. Uh, Kyle Robertson, who has played I think sixty plus games for the club, never scored, and scored an absolute rocket, which is um on the socials if you want to check it out. But um no big win. Um and into the in well into the next round because the, the draw has already happened. They're going to be playing Charlton Athletic, um in the next round. So um yeah, bring it on. I think that's next year. So a uh, big result. Well played to the whole team. That's there. Year done now, because they don't play over the this Christmas period. So what a way to end 2023 for the Tractor Girls.
0: Good stuff. Stewie, any other business? Uh, no other business. How's your heart doing? That's all right, yeah. Excellent. No no, no uh, coronary cardiac issue during this podcast. Save that for the Christmas special. That, that's when we really want the views. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, anything else to mention? Eyes on the
3: prize, Leeds and Luster. Yes.
0: Okay, friends, thanks for joining us today. Um, An hour of podcast is in the books. We've talked about pre-game. We've talked about the game. We've talked about post-game. Yes, Ipswich Town didn't win the derby. That's what we all wanted on Saturday. But friends, just let us remind you, 21 points clear of Norwich City, 10 points clear of third place. And as Stu says, they know which way the tide is flowing. They know it will come. Don't you worry about it friends have a great start to your christmas week and we'll speak to you next time